By the way, as I look around the auditorium, I see so many fine boys and girls and uh, teenagers. And uh, you children and teenagers, you want to listen carefully also. Why? Well, for one reason. Uh, if Christ Aries is coming, you're going to get older and bigger. And eventually, uh, many of you are going to get married. When you get married, you need to know what kind of husband, what kind of wife you ought to be. Well, let's read some scripture. That's always a good thing to do. Uh, first thing we're going to uh, read is Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 25. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Verse 28, salt men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loves his wife loves himself. Verse 33, nevertheless, let everyone particular so love his wife, even as himself. Yet the wife see that she reverence her husband or respect her husband. By the way, husband, try to live in such a fashion your wife can respect you. Hmm? That make it uh, a bit easier for a wife. You live in such a manner your wife can respect you. Well, also, let's uh, read some scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If we're going to give 1 Corinthians 13 a title, what would be the title we give it? What kind of chapter? The the love chapter. All about love. We're going to start reading at verse 4. Charity, that word charity is really our word love. Charity or love suffers long and is kind. Uh, husband and wives, are you always kind to each other? Or are you sometimes nasty with each other? Uh, charity suffers long and is kind. Charity envies not or uh, envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own. Well, there's a big one. Love seeks not her own. You know, I, I believe there, why, one reason why there are so many uh, problems in some marriages, and even divorce, the husband just seeking his own, and the wife is seeking her own. Hmm? Being selfish, and seeking the, their own way, and insisting on their own way, that's not good. No love seeks not her own. Is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Bears all things. Notice now, love bears all things. Not something, no love bears all things. Believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love endures all things. Charity or love never faileth. Well, we're going to stop reading there. Now, I, I wish you could have met my dear mother. She didn't live very long. I was 15 when my mother died. She was 50 when she died of a heart attack. But my mother had a hard life. Uh, she gave birth to nine children. And uh, she was not married to a very good man, my father. My father, well, none of us were saved. None of us. Dad not saved, mom not saved, kid not saved. None of us, none of us ever went to Sunday school or But my dad was a mean, selfish man. 
uh, my daddy was an alcoholic. He'd come home drunk and wail until my mother had hit my mother. Now, I was too little to do anything about it, but I did have some older brothers. Nine children all together. I have some older brothers, and they would call the police. The police would come and arrest my daddy and take them to jail. What my mother would do the very next morning. She went to, down to jail and got him out. She could have left him in jail a rot. No, she went the very next morning, went down and got him out. And uh, he was a selfish man. He'd sit in his easy chair and say to my mother, comb my hair. And she'd have to stand behind the chair, I mean, for a long, long period of time. Do I have a comb anywhere? Who stole my comb? I always carry a comb. Anyhow, <laughs> I'm embarrassed. Uh, she'd, have, she'd take a, a comb and just comb the dandruff out of here. I mean, for a long period of time. 10, 15 minutes, just be combing the dandruff out of his hair. And he'd sit there and sleep. She could have said, lazy, you comb your own hair. I'm not going to do it. And I, I know for a fact, he, he was not faithful to her. He'd have an affair with other, I know at least one other woman. I suspicion more than another woman. She probably could have divorced him for that, but she never did. Never did. And, uh, no, she just stuck with him. Love suffers. I mean, she loved the man. She loved him. Love bears all things. Love endures all things. Hmm? Uh, dear husband and wife, what's going to take you to split from your marriage? If your marriage partner looks at you across the that's it, I'm divorcing you. Not mom. Well, she's a good lady in many ways. I, by the way, here, here's the amazing thing. Mama was not a saved lady. She wasn't a Christian. I think, I think she could teach some people love. Wish she loved that husband of hers. Well, so much for that. And, um, you know, by the way, thinking of those early years, I, I can't help thinking my own personal life. Would you believe when I was a boy, I couldn't talk? Because I'm such a loudmouth today, you don't, probably don't believe it, but I couldn't talk as a boy. I remember going to a family doctor, and Dr. Canaan would say, Say, George. He showed me where, how to form my lips, where to put my tongue, tried to teach me the same name. I couldn't even say my own name. In grade school, I had to go to speech class. Lady tried try to work with him and teach me how to talk. In grade school... I'd rather go to dentist, have all my teeth yanked out, than have to stand before a class and give an oral report. Well, I couldn't talk. But the old amazing grace of God that reached down and saved me when I was 22 and called me to preach. And even gave me a little ability to, to talk. It's amazing God, isn't it? Next, would you open your Bible, please, to... And this is her text. Song of Solomon, chapter 2 and verse 15. Song of Solomon, chapter 2 and verse 15. Our text. Take us to foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines. For our vines have tender grapes. 
One more time, take us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines. For our vines have tender grapes. Now, many of the many of the Jews raise grapes. And uh, what they would do, they would they would uh, they would build a fence around their grape vineyard to keep the, the, the foxes out. The foxes could not get in there and, and, and eat the grapes and, and kill the vines. Yeah, they built uh, fences around those vineyards. But over the course of time, uh, there would develop little little holes in those fences. And some of these Jews would not take the time or the attention to mend those little holes in the fences. Now, the big foxes could not get in those little holes, but the little foxes could, and they did. And they'd eat the tender grapes and, and really pretty much ruin the, the vineyard. It's the little foxes that did the damage. Well, that's the title of our little talk this evening. The little foxes that destroy the marriage vine. Now, I say, Brother Godfrey, what in the world are you talking about? The, the, the little foxes that destroy the marriage vine. Well, let me uh, uh, call uh, some of them to your attention, please. First, there is the little fox of not appreciating your marriage partner. Hmm? The little fox is not fully appreciating your marriage partner. Now, listen, friend. Instead of your constantly thinking what you don't like about your marriage partner, instead, why don't you try to dwell and think upon what you do like about your marriage partner? And tell him or her from time to time what you like about him or her, what you admire about him or her, how much better that would be. Now, I'm not an avid reader of Abby in the newspaper. From, from time to time when I ever get around the newspaper, I, I, I check that article. Now, I, I believe the woman who writes uh, has a Dear Abby article, I think she needs to get born again for sure. She needs a good dose of salvation. Now, some of her advice is of the devil. But this one day I read it, I liked what she said. I liked it so much, I, I clipped it out and pasted it to this 3 by 5 card. We listened to it. Someone wrote in, Dear Abby, My marriage was in need of repair. My husband and I had been fighting a lot. He told me if I didn't like it, I could pack my things and go. I cried myself to sleep for nights on end. One night I couldn't sleep because I was so upset with him. All I could think about were all the things that bugged me about my husband. I knew if I didn't banish those negative thoughts from my mind, it'd be a long time before I fell asleep. I decided instead to think of all the things I loved about him. I wrote them down on a piece of paper, put the paper in an envelope, and put the envelope in inside his briefcase. The next morning, he called me from work to tell me how much he loved me. When he came home that evening, he put my list in a frame and hung it on the wall. We hardly ever fight anymore. I get love notes weekly and kisses daily. 
I thought some of your readers might like to try this recipe for renewed love. It was so simple and well worth the effort. Happy again in San Diego. So I repeat, rather than uh, thinking what you don't like about your marriage partner, think what you do like about your marriage partner and, and tell him or her. That's a whole lot better. Here's another one. The little fox, I'm not saying those little expressions, thank you, please. I was wrong. I'm sorry. I apologize to you. Please forgive me. Now notice, there are some sweet sounds in the English language. Now, here, 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 here's some sweet sounding in the English language. Uh, someone says to you, here's that $20 I owe you. Whew, I like that. Uh, you're, you're, you're talking to someone on the telephone. They tell you, hey, friend, your check is in the mail. I like that. Hey, you've gone to your tax preparer. He's going to fill out your federal income tax. And after he finishes filling out your income tax, he says, hey, I have some good news for you. You have $800 coming back to you. Woo! That's good news. Those are, those are, uh, uh, those are sweet sounds. But these other sounds I mentioned one moment ago, these, these are pretty good sounds also. Thank you. Please. I was wrong. I apologize. I'm sorry. Would you please forgive me? Hmm? Well, I'm not going to apologize to my wife. I'm a man. Listen, sir. I, you know, you don't become less of a man because you say you're sorry to your wife or apologize to your wife. No, in my, my estimation, you're, you're more of a man. Hmm? When you say to your wife, I'm sorry, would you all be sorry? Hmm? Well, let's go on to another one. The little fox of not calling your wife on the telephone when you know you're going to be late for supper or you know you're going to miss supper completely. Hmm? Now, sir, why you have the decency if you know you're going to be late for supper, you know you're going to have to miss supper completely, why well, you have the decency to call your wife and tell her so? Say, when you don't, when you don't do that, your wife is fixed supper. I mean, the, the food is ready. And the kids are hungry, and the kids are saying, Mom, come, let's eat, Mom. And you're already late. Mom looks at the clock and says, Well, kids, let's wait 20 more minutes for Dad. 20 more minutes. Well, 20 minutes go by, and the food is getting colder, and the tempers of the children are getting hotter, and the kids say, Mom, come on, let's eat. Kids, Let's wait 15 minutes for dad. And they do. Dad never shows up. Hmm? Sir, why don't you have the decency to call your wife and tell her when you're going to be late? Tell her we're going to have to miss supper completely. Or if you're on military duty, you know you're not going to even make it home at all. It'd be nice to tell her that. Call and tell her, hey, I'm not going to be home for three days. Or I'm not going to be home for a week. Uh, you know that uh, communication is important in marriage. Learn to communicate with your marriage partner. Well, here's another one. The little fox of the husband going out of the house without telling his wife he's leaving and also without telling his wife where he is going. Hmm? Well, she's not my mother. I don't have to tell her where I'm gone. 
Now, husband, realize with me, while you're gone, and she doesn't know where you are, how to reach you, while she's gone, some emergency could take place. Your little son could run out into the street and get hit by a car and badly, badly injured and have to be rushed to a hospital. And your wife doesn't know where you are to call you and say, Honey, you need to head for the hospital. Uh, little, Johnny, little Johnny's in the hospital now. Hmm? Sir, how would you like it if you left the home, left the house, and she didn't tell you she's leaving or she did not tell you where she's going? Boy, you'd be up in arms about that. As she would. Well, here's another one. The little fox of not giving your marriage partner a birthday card or a birthday gift. Or the little fox of not giving your, your, uh, your marriage partner a valentine card or a valentine gift. Little fox of not giving your husband or wife a anniversary card or anniversary gift. Little fox of not giving your, your a wife a Mother's Day card or a Mother's Day gift. Well, she ain't my mother. No, sir, but she's the mother of your children. She went through the jaws of death to bring your children to this world. You ought to appreciate her for that. Or the little fox, dear lady, of not giving your husband a Father's Day card or a Father's Day gift. Or little fox and not give your marriage partner a Christmas gift. Hmm? Let me uh, make this suggestion, husband. I think it would be a great idea for you to carry a little card in your wallet. All your wife sizes. Hmm? Her dress size, skirt size, blot size, a few other items also. Amenable items. Write down, keep all her sizes. Then on special occasions. On special occasions... Her birthday, your anniversary, uh, uh, even Christmas. Uh, go to a lady's clothing store and, and, and buy her something from that list. I know you'll embarrass yourself to death going to a lady's store and buying a clothing item for your wife. But go ahead and do it anyhow, even though it's embarrassing to you. Get that, uh, get that dress or, or skirt or uh, blouse wrapped up real pretty. Pretty paper, bow and ribbon. And take that home and give it to her. Honey, I, I sure love you. She'll know you love her after you embarrassed yourself going to that lady's store and buying an item for her. Now listen, he who preaches all the practice what he's preaching, I assure you what I'm preaching you, I've, I've carefully practiced myself. You know, a lot of my wife's clothes I've purchased myself and given to her. A lot of them. Hmm? Well, Brother Goffer, you don't understand. Things are tough. Things are tough. I can't afford to go out and buy my wife a, a, an expensive gift. I understand that. That happens from time to time. But listen, husband, if you can't afford to go out and buy your wife a nice, expensive uh, gift, birthday, anniversary, Christmas, you know one thing you could do on your way home? Stop at the florist. Stop at the florist and buy one flower. One flower. Now, if you have a little money, it, you maybe could buy one rose, just one rose. Now, if you're not that well, just buy one carnation, you could probably purchase for 50 cents. Hmm? That rose, you might have to spend $3, even $5. But just buy one flower, put that in a bud vase, take it home and give it to her. Honey, I sure do love you. I wish I could get you something else, but I, can't. but I wanted to give this to you. You know, sir, what your wife will do? 
she'll put that, that flower in the bud vase on the dining room table or the dresser or bedroom, and she'll look at that a dozen times that day, and every time she looks at it, she'll say, my husband sure does love me. Yes, she will. Oh, beware of that old fox of not remembering your marriage partner on these special occasions. Well, here's another one. The little fox of not continuing to date your wife after after you get married. Hmm? Husband, didn't you know after you say, ah, doing good hits, you need to continue to court and date your wife? Yes, you do. Now, Curtis Hudson, Curtis Hudson preached a sermon on marriage, and this is not a sermon, but Curtis Hudson preached a message on marriage, and here's something he said in his, his talk on marriage I thought was good. Curtis Hudson said, if we would do after we got married what we did in order to get married, we would never become unmarried. Divorced? Single again? What's that? Curtis Hudson said, if we would do after we got married what we did in order to get married, we would never become unmarried. Husband, do you remember what you did that won that young lady in marriage? How you brought her flowers. How you brought her candy, even though she didn't need it. Huh? How you took her to this fine restaurant and this fine, uh, that restaurant. Sir, do you still practice any of those things? Continue to date your wife after you get married. Now, husband, occasionally, occasionally take your wife out to eat at some restaurant. I'd recommend at least once a month. At least once a month, take your wife out to eat at some restaurant. <laughs> I don't know if I ever told you about the husband and wife. They were married to each other for 25 years. In the 25th year of their marriage, one morning, they were sitting at their kitchen table eating breakfast, and the kitchen range exploded. I mean, it was a severe explosion and both the husband and wife were blown out the kitchen window and that is the first time they went out together in 25 years. <laughs> Sir, it's almost that bad in your marriage. About the only place you go out together is church. Thank God you're coming out to church together. I admire you for that. But take your wife out to uh, other places too. Occasionally a restaurant. Continue to date, court your wife. Wives, have you been enjoying these last few minutes? We have one for you now, dear wives. The little fox of not keeping your house clean. Woo! Boy, we've gone to meddling now. Little fox of not keeping your house clean. And uh, now, by the way, I'm a, I, as you know, I'm a traveling Baptist evangelist. You folks have a partner ministry. I've been doing this full time now for 13 years. I've preached in hundreds of churches. And most of the churches where we go are quite small. And when I write to pastor, I say, Pastor, Marilyn and I would be more than happy to stay in the home of the church family. Your church will not have a motel expense. I'd say about 90% of the time we do stay in homes of church families. 5% of the time at church prophet's chamber, church apartment. 5% of the time, we, the church will put us in a motel. So we've stayed in hundreds of homes. And so many so many are lovely and clean and nice. But of course, the opposite end of the, spe uh, of the spectrum is we have some homes that are filthy, dirty, stink. What? It doesn't even 
keep the house clean. Well, we went one home in, in, in Montana. As soon as we entered the front door, this tent chipped me. And, and my, I'm sure with my wife, too. They put us in a home, a couple of the children's uh, bedroom, a couple of children. It looked like the sheets had not been washed for six months. And that's how they smelled. I mean, they smelled rancid. I remember waking up during the night and, and smelling those rancid sheets and praying, Dear God, help us get through this night. And God did, but it was tough. Now, I'm sure the majority of your homes are fine and clean, but uh, every great once in a while, there's a lady who does, keep, does not keep her house clean. Hmm? Now, ladies, I have three C's, A, B, C, three C's to share with you. Three C's. Now, if you'll do, and they all start with, they, they all start with the other C. Dear, uh, dear wife, if you will, will do these three things, the great, great, great majority of times your husband is going to be very happy and content with you. What are these three things? We already mentioned one. Clean your house. Clean your house. Did you hear about this young woman who got married? She was mid-twenties. She got married to this young man, about mid-twenties also. And they were living together, this husband and wife. After about six months, the, the wife called her mother Mom, I want to come home. Mom, please let me come home. Mom, my husband, my husband is, is, is saying awful four-letter words to me. Now, hold it, sweetie. Bill is saying awful four-letter words to you. Yes, Mom, it's terrible. I want to come home. Would you let me come home? Now, honey, that, that, I, I hate to ask you this, but would you just tell me what four-letter words is Bill using? Mom, it's terrible. He constantly, he constantly say, wash, iron, dust, cook. Oh, those terrible four-letter words. Oh, dear lady, clean your house. Now, notice, notice, husband. Notice, husband. If your wife is working, if you uh, send her out to join the workforce, sir, you help your wife clean the house. Hmm? She's working, too. Working full-time job. Sir, you all have the decency to help your wife clean the house. Hmm? Three C's. Number one, clean your house. Number two, cook good meals for your husband and your children. Now I really like I really like this third C. What's that? Cuddle, cuddle with that husband of yours. Cuddle with that husband of yours. And, and cuddle, uh, wife, kiss your husband. Kiss him. Now, wife, when I say kiss your, I'm not talking about pecking him on the cheek. I'm talking about hitting the mark. Kiss him on the lips. In from time to time, give him a good lip lock. I'm just as serious as heart attack. Time to time, give me a, a, a good lip lock. So, uh, oh, wife, if you do those three things, clean your house, cook good meals, cuddle with your husband, great majority of husbands are going to be plenty happy and satisfied with you. I mean, the last thing that husband wanted would be a divorce from you. Why, for doing these things so well, so faithfully. Well, here's another one, and this is just the opposite end of the spectrum. The little fox of trying to keep your house looking like a museum. Now, not many ladies have this problem, but there's a few. Little fox of trying to keep your house looking like a museum. Now, the husband, when he comes home from work, he has to come in the back door. Don't come in the You come in the back door. Take those shoes off. Stay on that runner. Yeah, she is a runner going through every every room. 
paper runner, plaster used to stay on the runner. Uh, the children cannot bring any toys at all, toys all in, the, in, in the living room. Now, dear lady, if, if I'm describing you, and I don't know any ladies doing this here, but if I'm describing you, may I make a suggestion to you? Get a life. Get a life. I mean, you're not being real. Houses are to live in. Houses are not supposed to be some kind of museum piece. The great majority of women don't have this problem, but a few women do have this problem, and it's a bigger problem for the husband and children. Husbands, back to you again. The little fox of not keeping your car clean. Hmm? Wow, the little fox not keep your car clean. Hmm? Husband, uh, your car, do, do you have, do you have, uh, French fries pasted to the sides of the insides of your car windows. And someone says to you, Joe, can, can, can you give me a ride down the street? I need to ride my car. And, and so you say, hop in. And so they open the door and they sit down in your seat and do their ankles sink about eight inches deep and do empty McDonald wrappers and empty pop cans. Huh? All oh, that little fox. Not keeping your automobile clean. Well, here's another one. The little fox of not bathing. <laughs> little fox of not bathing. Hmm? Now, we have a, a number of military here. You were, you were in the military who were, or, or who were in the military. Wouldn't you raise your hand if you ever had a scrounge in the barracks? What's a scrounge person refused to bathe? Let's see those hands. You, you, you were around the scrounge in the military? Yeah, they just refused to bathe. Uh, you know, there are some husbands or some wives like that. They just don't bathe. Now, they should, they should take a bath or a shower every day, but they don't do it. And frankly, they stink. They stink. And it's no fun to sit next to them in church. I have sat in that, not in this church, thank God, but I've, I've sat in some church congregation next to a person who literally stank. Stink, stank, stunk. Did you hear about the, the young man and young woman who were hippies? Back in the 50s, they were hippies. But they, they met each other and they fell in love with each other, this young man and young woman. Met each other, fell in love, they married each other. They moved to a house that had a bathtub and they took their first bath in many, many months and after they, uh, he finished bathing and she finished bathing, they found they had a double ring ceremony in their bathtub. A double ring. Uh, I'll tell you, soap and water doesn't cost that much money. I mean, you know, really, seriously, there are some husband wives, if they just bathe, they bring revival to their marriage. Here's another one. An important one. The little fox of dressing to kill in public, but neglecting yourself and neglecting your appearance at home. Any of you like that? Oh boy, when you go out to churches, I mean, you look like a million dollars. But while you're home, you look like a scrounge. Hmm? Here's the husband. He uh, He's wearing an old t-shirt. has many holes. I mean, that collar, that... Shoulder there is hanging out. Big hole right there. Wearing, wearing britches. They have a lot of tears in them. 
uh, hasn't shaved in days, hasn't shaved in days, and uh, when he kisses his wife, his wife feels like she is kissing a porcupine. Now, wait a minute. If, if you on purpose are wearing a mustache or a beard, I'm not, I'm not preaching about you or preaching about you. That's fine. That's fine. But I'm saying just because uh, you're not going to work that day or that weekend, don't feel you don't need to shave just because you're not going anywhere that day. Go ahead and shave. Do it for nothing else for your wife. Amen? Here, here's, here's, the, uh, here's the wife at home. She's wearing a house robe around the house all day. All day she's wearing that, that same house robe she's wearing for, for months and months and months. She has mustard right there, ketchup right there, mayonnaise right there, spoiled tomato. You know, she, she practically has to keep that robe in the, in the refrigerator to keep from, from spoiling. There must so much food on it. I love my wife, Marilyn, for many, many reasons. I love Marilyn for many reasons. Boy, one of many reasons, the lady keeps herself looking attractive. Both when she goes out in public, but also when she's home, Marilyn keeps herself looking attractive. Why well, try to keep yourself looking attractive for your husband. Husband, try to keep yourself looking attractive for your wife. It really works both ways. Well, here's another one. The little fox of the husband not giving his wife spending money. Little fox of the husband not giving his wife spending money. Now, husband, when you get your paycheck, automatically give your wife at least at least 15% of your salary for food for that week. Or that two weeks. But in addition to giving her that 15% or so of your salary for food, give her at least an extra $20 just keeping her billfold. That way, every time she needs a pair of holes or she needs a, a loaf of bread, she doesn't have to come to you and say, Honey, I, 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 look at these holes. Look at these holes. I need to go to the store and, uh, and buy a pair of I, I need some money. Or, Honey, I, 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 I need to go to the store and get a loaf of bread. I need some money. Sir, if you all make give her an uh, extra $20 a week, she won't have to be coming to you. So frequently asking you for money. And it's going to make your wife feel a whole lot better also. Here's another one. The little fox of a husband buying his adult toys. Mm -hmm. Little fox of a husband buying his adult toys. Say, what do you mean adult toys? Well, it might be a motorcycle. It might be a motorboat. Might be that summer cabin up. Oh, yeah, we, we, need, we need a summer home also. Not just this. No, I saw one a summer home. Now, because he's buying all these adult toys that he cannot afford, that husband is working two full-time jobs to pay for those things, or he's working one full-time job and two part-time jobs to pay for those things he's buying, and consequently his, his sweet wife and dear children hardly ever see the husband and daddy. It happens like that over and over. You know, sir, the Bible says having food and raiment be content. You don't need to buy all these things. Be happy and be content. No, having food and raiment, having food, eating clothes, wear, be content. And if you're content, your wife and children are going to see more of you when you're not out working so much. 
Here's another one. The little fox of the husband not wanting his wife to spend money to go to the doctor or to go to the chiropractor. Here's the wife. She gets up in the morning. She doesn't feel good. She doesn't feel good at all. So she goes to the bathroom and she reaches, pulls out the thermometer from the bathroom cabinet. She puts it in her mouth. She leaves it in there for a while. About two minutes or so. After about two minutes or so, she takes it out. Oh no, honey, look, look at that. I have a fever of 103. I'm sick. Now, uh, honey, uh, honey, I, I, I hate to spend the money. I, I, I need to go to the doctor. Husband, shut up, woman. You know we don't have the money for you to be gone to the doctor. Now, you just get in the bathroom and take a cup of aspirins. Listen to me. That same husband, when his hunting dog gets his sniffles, he rushes that hunting dog to the veterinarian. Uh-huh. Yeah. Husband, do you realize those veterinarians for dogs, they cost as much money as the doctors for, for, for wives and human beings? Now, sir, if you're treating your wife like that, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. Mm -hmm. That's right. Well, here's another one. The little fox of not wanting your marriage partner to have any outside interest. Little fox is not wanting your marriage partner to have any outside interest. Now, I personally feel it's good for the husband and wife to have a, a few outside interests. Hmm? Now, for the husband, it might be his going fishing or going hunting or playing some golf. For the wife, that outside interest might be going shopping or go, uh, visiting one of her girlfriends, one of her lady friends. But a husband tells the wife, no, you're not going anywhere. You stay home. I want you home. The husband's just trying to keep his, his thumb on that wife all the time. Now, I, I think it's good that husband and wife have some separate interests. Occasionally, he goes his way and she goes her way. And, 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 and they, they enjoy their outside end. And then they come back and have something to talk about. Hmm? Have something to talk about. The fun they have with her friend or with their, their hobby or their sport. Here's another one, the little fox of trying to retrain your marriage partner. Little fox of trying to retrain your marriage partner and say his parents did not do a good enough job or her parents did not do a good enough job and you're trying to uh, improve on that. Now, how's my wife? Please do not try to make marriage a reform school. Now, when you married your marriage partner, you knew that person was not perfect. You knew that person had faults. So please don't try to make marriage a reform school. Try to retrain your marriage partner. Well, here's another one. The little fox of a wife nagging. Little fox of the wife nagging her husband. Now, wife, may I, may I mention something to you? Dear wife, when you mention something to your husband one time, one time, he's got the message. And you don't need to keep bringing it up and bringing it up and harping on that, nagging that. No, he's got the message when you tell him something one time. And uh, for you keep to repeating that, that, that is what we call nagging. Nagging your husband.
Proverbs chapter 21 and verse 9 says, It's better to dwell in a corner of a housetop than with a brawling woman or a nagging woman in a wide house. Now, dear wife, don't tempt your husband to go out to the garage, get the step ladder, lean that step ladder against the house and, and climb up the roof and choose to live on the top of the roof by himself but rather than live in the house with you, a brawling woman or a nagging woman. Proverbs 21, verse 19, is better to dwell in the wilderness than with the contentious and an angry woman. Or I think we could even say a nagging woman. Here's another one. The little fox of the husband or wife spending excessively with those plastic charge cards. That can be a major problem. Little fox, husband, wife spending excessively with those charge cards. One husband said, my wife would make a wonderful member of the Calvary. She'll rush in the department store and whip out that credit card and say, church! Hmm. Heard the story of um, someone who stole this wife's purse. Now, in her purse were a wallet in her wallet all of her credit cards. Someone stole her purse. She lost all her credit cards. Well, about six months later, the husband, was, his wife, was telling his friend about what happened. John, John said to Tom, you know, Tom, about six months ago, someone stole my wife's purse. All her credit cards were in, inside. And Tom said, well, did, did you cancel those credit cards? He said, no, I, I never canceled the credit cards. But the amazing thing is, whoever stole my wife's credit cards is charging less with them than my wife was charging. You know, you almost have to admire a thief like that, don't you? Well, beware of that. Uh, about 50% of all marriages are ending in divorce. And I've heard over and over about 75% of all divorces are due to money problems. Financial difficulties, and those plastic charge cards can go a long way in giving grief concerning finances. Well, here's another one, a sad one. The little fox... Of the husband looking at other women. Or it can be the wife looking at other men. Beware of that. May I remind you of Achan's sin? Achan saw those Babylonian garments in, in wedges of silver. He sold them. Achan coveted them. And then he took them. You know, uh, dear Christian, you're not a better you're not a better Christian than David was. David's a pretty good Christian, but David did the same thing. David saw Bathsheba. Next, David coveted Bathsheba. Third, David took Bathsheba and committed adultery with her and got her pregnant. So you better stop looking at other women. It's going to get you in trouble. And dear lady, you, you ought not be looking at other men either with romantic interest. So beware of that little fox. Here's another one. The little fox of the husband having a dinner date with some other lady, not his wife. Or little fox of the wife having a dinner dinner date with a, uh, a man who's not her husband. Sir, you ought never do that. A wife, you ought never do that. You see, if you go ahead and... Uh, uh, maybe maybe it's where you're employed. 
Maybe it's where the wife has gotten the job. See, I'm not staying home with these brats. I'm going. I need women earn me some money, spending money. So she, she gets the job. That at work she meets this Don Juan. She meets this Don Juan, and uh, he he starts flirting with the wife. And he, after a while, after a couple months or so, he says to that wife, "You know, you're a beautiful lady." Well, if I could just have one dinner date with a beautiful lady like you, I'd consider myself the luckiest man in the world. Maybe at this particular time that husband is neglecting his wife and he's not saying these sweet things to his wife he, that she needs to hear. So the man said, boy, you're a beautiful lady. I'd like to. Have, I, I'd be lucky if I'd have a dinner. Would you go out to dinner with me? And she'd think, well, apparently my husband doesn't think I'm that attractive. Yeah, I'll go out to dinner with you. And she does. And one dinner date needs another dinner date. One thing leads to another. And there is adultery. Come in. Friends, it's happened over and over and over and over exactly like that. So you better beware of that, little fox. Well, these are just some, some things I see in the Bible and some things I, I, I just think of through common sense. But you know, common sense is not all that common anymore. So these are just things we share with you. And uh, I, I, if you see a need to hit uh, hit the reset button in your Christian life for your marriage, I hope you'll do that this evening. I, I, I remind you, as a man or woman sows, as a husband or wife sows, so shall he also reap. As you sow, you're going to reap. So reap good. I'm so so good that you can reap good. Well, we've been talk, talking about families down here. Christian families down here. But you know the most important family to be in is the family of God. Oh, my friend, be sure, be double sure that you are in the family of God. Uh, How do you get in the family of God? Through faith in Jesus Christ. Galatians 3.26 says you're all the children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. How do you get in the family of God? By personally receiving Jesus Christ. John 1.12 says, As many as receive Jesus, they become. They become the sons of God, the children of God. How you receive Jesus? He tells in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man, that means if anyone, if any man, woman, teenager, or born girl, if anyone hear my voice, you're hearing his voice right now because he's speaking to it through the Bible. If anyone hear my voice and open the door, door of your heart and life, I will come in. So, if you're not 100% sure you're in the family of God, may I make a suggestion to you? Tonight, put your faith in Christ. Tonight, receive Jesus by asking Him, Jesus, come in the door of my heart, my life, and be my Savior and save me. Save me from my sin hell, and He'll come in. The Bible says, He that has the Son has eternal life. Be sure you are in the family of God. Let's bow for prayer, please. Now, Heavenly Father, thank you for making this time possible. It's been a real joy and pleasure. To be with these friends again, and uh, I just pray that you'd use the Word of God and these Bible principles and really these common sense principles that we've shared from our heart this evening. And uh, Lord, we pray if there anyone here needs to hit the reset button in their Christian life for their marriage, pray that you'd help them to do that. We pray in Jesus' name.